a few more hugs and handshakes and happy New Year's and peace be with you. It's so good to uh, be uh, with you here on our first gathering of 2018 and just want to say off the top, you made it. We made it. Other side of Christmas. No idea if Christmas felt for you full of good people and good food, full of the presence of those things or full of the absence of those things. I've talked with a few people and the sense with Christmas, whether you love it or don't really like it, is just kind of like, I'm glad it's over. (sighs) Exhale on the other side of Christmas. So here we are on the other side in 2018. And as per usual, coming into a new year, uh, there, there springs the ongoing hope that a new season will bring a new start. Hopefully some kind of new start. Curious to know, do any of you have in mind a new start that you're hoping for for 2018? If you do, you don't have to say it, but would love to know if you've got anyone hoping for a new start of some kind in 2018. Okay. Great. Any of you have plans for that hope? Anyone got plans around that hope for a new start? Okay. Curious to know, any, are any of you, with, you've got a dream for a new start and you've got a, a plan for a new start, do any, any one of you have a gang to do the new start with or a, like a, maybe not a gang, but a group? <laughs> I'm from the street, so forgive me. <laughs> the street's a small town, Alberta. So, um, anyone have a group to do their hope and their plan with? Okay, quite a few less. That's interesting. Um, so here we are, new season with hopes, maybe some plans, maybe a group for a new start. Uh, if you've been around this past fall, you'll know we've been in a series called Practicing the Way of Jesus, and uh, we took a long look at apprenticeship, being with someone, becoming like them, and doing what they do. And we saw that this is what Jesus invites people into all the time, to follow him, to become apprentices, to radically reorganize your life around him. And we did a number of experiments in this lifestyle, in in this way, and hopefully there are new ways of being and ways of practice that continue and are, are being carried on into 2018. So with the new season and the hope of a new start, we're going to continue to build on this foundation of practicing the way. So if a Christian is an apprentice who practices the way of Jesus, then it follows that a church is a community of apprentices who practice the way of Jesus together. And it's just that simple yet profound addition of the last word that makes it way more messy and way more beautiful, practicing the way of Jesus together. You may or may not know, you probably don't, I didn't before studying it this week. Turns out there's 4,720 verses, 2,698 in the Hebrew Bible, 2,022 in the Greek with the, the word you is plural. But we don't have that plural in English, so we in our English Bibles just do you, which uh, is a common way to misleading readers 
to think it's directed at me when it's really directed to a group. I don't hear it in the plural because the word in my language isn't in the plural. And the only way you could get this is if you're Texan, right? Because you've got y'all. I lived in Texas for a couple years, and y'all is, is used almost in every other sentence. Sometimes people would say, all y'all, right? right? All y'all want to come over. Y'all is a fantastic uh, way to translate the you plural. And, and in fact, there is such a thing as a Texan Bible. So I commend that to you this morning. But it's really important for how we receive Scripture and what's going on in our minds when we hear things like this. Paul speaking to a group of people, the church in Philippi. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So if I'm reading this individualistically, if I'm hearing this towards me, the outcome then is usually some sort of privatized devotion. But if I'm hearing this, whatever y'all have learned or received or heard from me, seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with y'all. That's, that's a, uh, a faithful rate way to understand the text. And this is, in fact, what we see in the New Testament everywhere. We do not see, if you've read the book of Acts or any of the epistles, you don't see people who are isolated individuals tending to private religion and personal spirituality. But rather, you see people banding together, forming little groups, ecclesias, fellowships, churches, they band together because this way of Jesus is really hard in the prevailing culture, band together, and I need an all y'all to do this, to, to work out the grace of God. When I was in grade eight, I lived on an acreage my whole life, and which meant there was no one ever to play with, because you're just out there, gravel roads, uh, had my sister, um, but about, other than that, all I did was play by myself. Grade eight, my dad got me a basketball hoop in the driveway, a small little pad of concrete, uh, where I would play full games by myself uh, with commentating as well. And so I would be playing, uh, usually as myself, uh, usually recovering from an injury. Uh, the, common, the commentator loved the line, Look at him, he's like a man among boys out there. That was, used that line all the time. And so I would, I would you know, do a couple crossovers, a drive to the hole, uh, dunk, because it was only eight feet high. Um, or sometimes I would block myself with the other hand and switch into defensive mode and kind of go back and forth being on offense and defense. Here's the thing, I wasn't actually playing basketball. Uh, it wasn't until I tried out for the boys team and got cut and then made the B team where I was actually playing basketball. Out there I was, I guess, running drills, working on skills, uh, feeding private fantasies of grandeur. But I wasn't actually doing the game. You can't do the game on your own. You need a group to do the game. And in fact, if you want to get better, you need a group to become a basketball player. Uh, it just was never intended 
to be in isolation. And this uh, is what Paul is on about all the time, uh, as well as Amy Poehler. Find a group of people who challenge and inspire you. Spend a lot of time with them, and it'll change your life. This is the power of together. This is the conversion from driveway to full court. This is the movement from kind of private fantasies to uh, shared actualities, where this is where all the mess and the beauty and the potential for change happens. I've shared this story before, but I just remembered again this week where we had a, this was years and years ago, you don't know this person, uh, we had a friend over in our living room and she wanted us to know her full story. We knew there was lots of trauma in her background. And so she wanted to relay to us her history of abuse. And we said, well, this is important for us to know it and we want to know it. There's many hours in our living room uh, and it was a long story of uh, things done and not done uh, to this woman. And a few hours in, uh, there was a sense, I, it, just, it surprised me after hearing so many ways of how she'd been violated and, and now seeing what her life has looked like on the other side of that violation. I just, I just snapped and I raged. Uh, and it was almost involuntarily, and I punted a small coffee table, uh, really the top of the foot, not a lot of uh, cushion there. And thankfully, that, wasn't, that was not the one that was holding the wine. Uh, but I just pummeled it because it was, there was a sense, this should not be. This, this, this beautiful image of God violated and hurt we cleaned up the mess and we talk, continued to talk and I remember I had this big light bulb moment and at least for me often light bulb moments are very, very simple. When I look back on this I go, yeah, duh, but this was my light bulb moment. I realized all of the pain that has been downloaded into her life has come through people. Not, like, it wasn't like I read this book. It, all, it was all through people. Every single point of trauma was a fractured, abusive relationship. Therefore, any kind of healing and health is going to come through people. This big light bulb. And, and, I, and I remember thinking, love is going to need to rewrite this story. And, and the way love shows up is in between people. And so I, I thought to myself, we should invite her to live with us. And so I said, Amy, what, what if we will like move all four kids into one bedroom and she can have a bedroom so she can come to our house, experience our family, and ha- have a place of peace? And she said, that's an awful idea. This is, home is not a place of peace with six people. <laughs> I said, you're right. Okay. Um, but I, it, it, it was this, this huge uh, epiphany for me. And, and then I, I reflected on my life. The most profound moments of change for me have always been when I'm with. When I'm with, when I have a together, that's the power of together. Any kinds of changes I've made in health, in fact, the way of of me coming to even recognize that Jesus is real has been through people, never on my own. What does that say then to our various attempts of change? 
What does that say? I'm curious because when we put our hands up, there was way more hands about having a dream for change, a little fewer of having a plan, and then there was way fewer of having a group. That, to me, is really interesting. So here we are at a new season with the hope of a new start in 2018, and we want to continue looking at practicing the way of Jesus together. We want to start a little experiment, invite any who are interested uh, into this experiment. And to do that, I want to invite Alexia this morning to come up. Let's welcome Alexia Gillespie. Alexia, you've been part of this church community for quite some time, and you've served in a number of roles. You're a neighborhood group leader, I believe, right now. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your journey with Artisan? Tell us a bit of the backstory. I'm actually going to go back a little bit more than that. So today, some of you know, uh, well, this is my husband, Greg, and we have a daughter. Her name is Berlin, and she's 10 years old today. So... (laughs) Feels emotional, actually. Mm. This used to be a regular Sunday for me, (laughs) where I would sit in church and weep, but it doesn't happen as often anymore. So Berlin was... uh, much needed beautiful interruption in my life and a very unexpected gift so that's why I feel emotional but Mm. anyway so 10 years ago today Berlin was born and um, at that time I was I'd been teaching for eight years and I went off on mat leave and I was in the process of changing careers. I had delayed a start um, to go to start nursing school um, because I was pregnant. And uh, when Berlin was eight months old, I I started nursing school. So in uh, 2010, I'd finished my nursing degree and I'd started working full time as a cardiac nurse at St. Paul's. And uh, I was really grateful for the career change, for the job, for the proximity to where we lived. Um, But shift work was not great for me. I felt tired and nauseated and unmotivated in life as I was coming off night shifts. And I really hadn't gotten back into um, what I felt like was a place of, of health. And... So in 2011, we decided that for the benefit of Berlin, um, we should start looking for a church. We'd been attending a church on the North Shore, which had been good for Greg and I, but we were commuting there without a car, and it just was feeling challenging, and so we wanted to find something downtown. And at that time, Artisan was small, and meeting at uh, the library downtown, which was great. I felt like I just needed that simplicity in terms of getting to church with a, a three-and-a-half-year-old. Um, but I would come to church just in time for the sermon to start, 
Um, in those days, we started a little bit late, so I might just show up a little bit late. And uh, I would hope that nobody would talk to me. And then afterwards, having a child for some people is kind of like having a dog, like it's kind of that icebreaker. So you could like talk to people, but just talk about your kids and you didn't actually have to talk about yourself. Mm -hmm. So that was really nice. I could sit in a group of people and not feel lonely because I had this little child who would come and cuddle me. Um, but I really wasn't there to meet people. I was just there because I thought it was the right thing to do as a parent. And uh, so that was 2011. Uh, 2012, Berlin's four. And I gratefully had sort of moved out of shift work. So I was starting to have a bit of a regular routine now. So I no longer had the excuse of not being part of a neighborhood group because of my schedule. And... Um, I uh, was also feeling frustrated because prior to having a child and being a teacher, I had a really regular routine. And so exercise, regular exercise, was part of my, my routine. And, and when I got pregnant, I was actually maybe the healthiest I've ever been physically. And, uh, but I, I just couldn't get this motivation to get back to being active. And so um, 2012 comes around. Berlin's almost four now. And um, I just, I was kind of stuck. And I was seeing a naturopath and eating well and, and doing that, but I couldn't get back to exercise and I couldn't really figure it out. And some friends of mine were doing this nutritional cleansing program and getting great results. I was going to the naturopath, not getting great results. And so I was like, whatever, I've got nothing to lose. I'll try it. And it's interesting because the only thing I was doing well was actually the thing that I changed <laughs> because it was the easiest thing for me to change. But what happened was that set in motion this cascade of little changes over time. And the biggest change actually was that I became a part of a community through that of really vibrantly healthy people. And the interesting thing was that they were healthy not just physically but they were actively working on encouraging each other to be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And it wasn't a Christian community. And yet there were Christians who were part of it, but it didn't matter. They were still working at like their spiritual health. And I had this awareness of like, wow, this is what it's, this is the power of, of community and being a part of a healthy community and, and just being healthy together. Um, so 2013, I'm like, okay, I guess I better get involved in a neighborhood group. Mm -hmm. So, um, I joined uh, Nelson and Terry's neighborhood group and this is two years after starting at Artisan and I still had not made a single friend. I had friendly acquaintances, but I really had not let anybody in and I had not made an effort to really get to know anybody. So... That was new for me. That was sort of my beginning of engaging in, in the artisan community. It took me two years to get there. Um, and then the second year, Greg was able to join me because my mom moved into our building, so we had some childcare. And uh, so we participated in the neighborhood group that year. And then uh, the next year, Nelson, uh, or yeah, Nelson stepped back from leading the group, and so Terry and, and Greg and I led the group together. 
And so it was just this gradual process of, of getting actually involved mm. in the community um, to, yeah, now Greg and I are leading without <laughs> Nelson and Terry. And, um, yeah, so that's sort of my artisan journey. But as you can probably sense, there's a much deeper layer to my health and healing process that kind of went along with right. that. But, right, which yeah. you've kind of alluded to. And I really appreciate that you mentioned that it hasn't been easy and that there's struggle and there's been pain there, which I think is probably why I've always appreciated talking to you about health. So Alexia and I have had I don't know, a couple of coffees and walks and uh, where I've said, sought her out and said, I need help. I, I want change uh, in my health. And what I've appreciated about you is that I never feel intimidated because I got a long ways to go, or I feel, that's what I tell myself, and it's so hard. And, um, and you always make change feel doable. Uh, and so I was thinking this week, as to summarize talking with you, it's, uh, the, the line came that you have a big view of health where small changes matter. Um, and one example was, Alexia told me, uh, she's encouraging me just because I sit at a desk often and do this, she said, get up and, and like, don't discount the power of a walk. And in fact, two 15-minute walks are better than a 30-minute walk. So it, like 15 minutes, can you do 15 minutes? Yeah, I think I can do 15 minutes. Start there. Uh, and so I like that, that it's, it's been uh, doable. So can you, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, your work, uh, how helping people with their health has become so important to you? Yeah, so my journey, my own health journey over five years, like when I meet people now, um, or if, you know, I'm friends with people on social media, but they don't really know me, it's like, oh, like you're a morning person. Oh, you run every day. These, these are people's ideas. Um, oh, you, you've always had this physique, whatever it is, the stories that people tell themselves. But, you know, like I've been 25 pounds heavier than I am now. I've gone for essentially four years without being physically active, and I am not a morning person. Every morning, it's hard for me to get up, and I don't want to talk to people when I get up in the morning. Like, I don't wake up cheery. Yeah. And so there's this comparison of Let's where I am there. now. Can we get a witness on that one, anyone? <laughs> That's really good. Okay, good. Yeah. Of where I am five years later of like these intentional, very small changes, like even the dietary changes, the nutrition changes that I had, were, that was three months before I started exercising. And then I started to be active. And, and those changes changed my, um, my sleep and the way that I managed stress. And then, two years later, I was actually ready to start to address the other aspects of health because I had some confidence that I could and I started to open up to that life together piece, which is really where the changes in my, like my mental health, my emotional health, and my spiritual health started to happen. So I just want to put that out there that it's not a fast process, but the beauty of that is that now, so yes, I'm still a nurse, but I also have a health coaching practice. And what I love about that is helping people to focus on what's going well, keep doing those things, and then slowly start to make sustainable changes that 
bring you ultimately bring you joy, that feel good, so that you want to keep on doing them. So this idea of nourishing your body or giving your body what it needs so that it can function the way that it's created to, and then from that place of health, like now I can be of service in this community. But like five years ago, I didn't even want you to talk to me, right? But now I can walk in here in the morning and think, like I can look outside of myself. But that's because I've, I've done the, the work, mm-hmm. and I'm still doing the work, and it's still not easy, but now I know that it's worth it. Mm. And I've seen the impact that that's had in my, as a parent, as a partner, as a daughter, as a friend, and in my workplace. Um, I have so much more to give because I'm giving from a place of overflow. And uh, I, I mean, I really used to struggle with like feeling like, taking time away from Greg in Berlin when I'm already working was selfish, but now it's like, it's actually selfish for me not to, because I'm going to be grumpy and impatient and not feel good um, all day long if I don't do those things first. And so if I can help anybody um, make those small sustainable changes, I know over time, like I just think, what can that mean for this community? If we're a community of people living life together in a healthy way, and being able to not only serve each other here, but like out there and whatever it is that we are going about life at. It was such a potent, condensed vision of health. Really beautiful that it's uh, not narcissism. It's when I'm healthy, I'm, I'm enabled then to serve and be of use. I love that. Really quickly, can you... Uh, one of the tools you've shared with me, and I think your neighborhood group, is this grid. And this is part of the big view of health. Can you, can you share a little bit about this? Yeah. So this grid is not mine. If you've read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, you will have seen it. I've, I think I've tweaked it a wee bit. But, um, yeah, I, I really like this. And, and I sort of shared how my story of change really started in the physical sense. And I like this grid a lot because it is that just that acknowledgement of holistic health. You can't have health, optimal health and wellness without being healthy in each of these domains. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, it was that little raise in frequency, vibration, whatever you want to call it, um, in my physical health that then allowed me to make, start to make some changes in my mental health that led to changes in the emotional health and spiritual health. So they're all really interconnected and interdependent. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's that acknowledgement that, uh, that they, they flow into each other and create a ripple effect in, in each other. And in my coaching practice, it gives me a really, um, I just find it a really helpful visual. And so, yeah, I've, I've done an exercise with my neighborhood group um, using this, and I open the invitation to other neighborhood group leaders. If you'd like me to come and facilitate that conversation with your neighborhood group, I would be happy to do that. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about a table group, and we'll be using this, uh, an aspect of this there as well. But That's great. Um, yeah. It, it, I mean, in many ways, it makes sense to talk about this stuff at the beginning of the year because this is kind of a classic... Uh, conversation about health and it's a time where many of us are wanting change in this area um, so that's a good thing but on the other hand there seems to often be in that conversation an underlying motivation of 
um, like guilt or uh, comparison. Like, and, and so it's run by internal scripts that I'm either too much, so therefore I gotta get skinny, or I'm not enough in some way. Uh, and we read this blog post this week by uh, Sarah Bessie, uh, and she has this quote, there's no time like the start of a new year with the constant narrative of improve, shrink, tone, change, transform, to bring out the body loathing is there. So what would you, what would you say to that tension? Health is good, yes, but uh, by you know, even talking about this in ch- church and the sermon, are we not pouring more gas on that self-loathing? What do you say to that tension? I, in my journey, and especially in terms of my mental health, I've really done a lot of reading um, of Brené Brown's writing. And in there, she talks about how when we numb ourselves to the pain, we also numb ourselves to the joys of life and the fullness of life. And so this is a part of my story. Mm. And I think it's really important to pay attention to it and acknowledge it and name it. And at the same time, look and pay attention to those things in life that bring us joy. Where do we feel good? Where do we feel healthy? Who are the people that we leave after spending time with them and we feel excited or we feel happy or um, we feel inspired or encouraged? And so just holding this challenge in tension with, um, with the contrast, I guess, and, and then being okay to sit with it, acknowledge it, but then not to get stuck there. And, uh, and that's what I hope this sort of, this experiment heading into the new year can be, is that opportunity to, to name those mm-hmm. feelings, but also to, to find ways of, of moving forward. Uh, not in spite of them, but... Yeah. Uh, with them. With them, yeah. yeah. Well, and that reminds me of something you said to me, and I've heard in that Sarah Bessie article, you know, that first step being acknowledging I have a body, <laughs> being in a body, and then accepting the, your body as it is now, and then learning to care for it. And that's what I, again, appreciate uh, about you. When you talk to me about health, I hear it through that frame of care and love, uh, not like... The, this self, self-loathing that it's so easy to slip into. Next slide, just commend to you. I think it's a great uh, article for, uh, for this conversation, sarahbessie.com slash your body. Uh, you can find that uh, there. So why are we talking about this in church? Well, hopefully we've answered some of those questions. Uh, I, like, I really like how Flannery O'Connor says, I am always astonished at the emphasis the church puts on the body. It is not the soul, she says, that will rise, but the body glorified. And so we've looked over the last year how one of the the church's common enemies is Gnosticism, which is really a preference for the spiritual over physicality. And uh, we've looked many times going, well, no, uh, God affirms the created world and our bodies, and our bodies will be resurrected as... uh, Flannery O'Connor says, and yet this seems to be a conversation that's often omitted out of church, that we don't address health. So we wanted to address health uh, in the arena and the context of grace and church and life together. Uh, And so you've got a little bit of an invitation this morning. Can you share about that? I do. I have a few invitations. 
Um, so uh, one of the things that we'd like to invite you to participate in is the table group. And if we can just go back to that slide with the grid. Um, so my, I mean, through my knowledge uh, and sort of skill set, my area of expertise really is in the physical um, health domain. And so I'd like to invite you to participate in a table group. And what we're going to do is take four weeks and focus on one of each of those aspects of physical health. And physical health is a great place to start because it's something that we all do anyway, right? We all nourish our bodies in some way. We're all active just in terms of going about day-to-day -day life. We all have stress and we manage it in healthy or unhealthy ways and we all need to sleep. And so when you're already doing those things in some way, it, it can be quite easy for some of us um, and there'll be challenges within the four domains, but to just tweak them and then you know, from there, from that place, looking at how they interact with the other quadrants or the other uh, domains. But um, yeah, it's easy to think of these things as either you are or you aren't, or you have or you have not, or um, you're good at them or you're bad at them, but it, it's actually a skill set in a lot of ways. And so there's information out there and, and there's no shortage of information. Some of us have more knowledge than each other, but there's also this skill development piece around it and, and establishing healthy habits and kind of knowing where to start so that you don't try to change everything at once, feel totally overwhelmed. Then you get back into that story of, I can't do this, I'm not good at this, I can't change this, and you feel discouraged and you quit, right? So. Um, what I'd like to do is just take one week for each of those um, aspects of physical health and start to um, yeah, make sure that first that we have the information and the knowledge that we need, but then you know, what does it look like to start to implement or develop some skills and healthy habits in each of those areas. Awesome, so there, there are the dates. Uh, there's the commitment as well. It's about 30 to 60 minutes per week. And then, Alexia, can you share a little bit about what are the, the various on-ramps into this? Yeah. So um, the commitment, the 30 to 60 minutes per week, is really just some time that you'll need to spend in preparation for the um, the table group evening, um, also doing some experimentation in terms of different exercises or activities during the week, and then um, a little bit of time reflecting so that when you come to that table group, we're just gonna do 90 minutes, um, you can really fully participate. Uh, I, I recognize that not everyone can uh, commit to, to four Tuesday nights, and so uh, what, I, what we'd like to do is create a distribution list uh, so that people who want to opt in to sort of a, a four-week experiment can still do that without necessarily being able to participate in the table group. Uh, so that uh, distribution list would just uh, mean that I would be sending out an email each week corresponding with the topic for the table group with a resource list, some ideas of things that you could experiment with, some things that you can try, um, some uh, yeah, reading that you can do if that's what you'd like to do. Um, but also in terms of commitment to the table group, we would ask that you um, be part, uh, commit to being part of a, an accountability triad. So a group of three people. And you can do this also if you're not part of the table group, recognizing that, you know, maybe both 
partners can't be there or um, within your group of three, uh, not everyone can participate on a Tuesday night. So you can still be a part of an accountability triad. And it's really about what Lance has been speaking to in terms of, of life together. And it's actually really challenging to, to be healthy totally on your own. So, um, yes, if you'd like to participate in the distribution list, then please uh, leave your name and email at the info desk. Um, Julia will collect that, and Julia and I will connect around that. So there'll be three options. One is that you just receive the weekly email, um, and you don't have to be part of a triad. The second one is that you can receive the weekly email and find two people within the community that you would like to be in an accountability triad with. Maybe you already know that, who those people might be. And the third one is that you'd like to receive the resource email through the distribution list, but you are not part of a group and you would like to be. And so there'll kind of be those three options. In addition to that, if you'd like to participate in the table group, you'll have to register for that separately. But knowing that registering for the table group means you'll receive the, the, um, the weekly email and you are being asked to be part of an accountability uh, triad. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. And are you able to just hang out at the info desk? Yeah, absolutely. So if any of that uh, you want clarity on or you want to just share some appreciation with Alexia for sharing this morning or if you've got a question for her, if you're able to meet people back there, that would be awesome. Uh, can we even now just uh, share our appreciation for Alexia this morning? Thank you. Hey, hey, so on your little sheet there, it says uh, this morning, simplified liturgy in a shorter sermon. Just disregard that, but we are going to, we're, we're going to land this pl plane in just a few minutes, so we're just going to, uh, I want to leave a little room here for uh, God's word in Ephesians, which I think, uh, I think is so incredibly profound for us this morning. Over this next month, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians looking at this theme of life together. And I think it's really important to see where Paul starts. If you have a chair Bible bef beside you or a Bible app, could you go there with me? Let's, I really want you to, uh, to see this and for us to read scripture together. So if you would go there, chair Bible, and let's read together. First section, Ephesians 1, 3 Verse 10, let's hear God's word together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, 
which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a new season with hopes of a new start, and this is where Paul starts his letter. Later on, there are going to be very, very clear ethical calls uh, in this book, which we're going to get to. But note where Paul starts. Who has blessed us? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. That's a past tense blessing. It's already happened, meaning it's already been given. Blessing, meaning favor, the good life. Likely the thing that you're really hoping for in that new start in 2018, the thing you hope to achieve. A past tense blessing saying it's already happened. And Paul then unpacks what this blessing is. To be chosen before time. To be chosen to be blameless. As soon as you read that, you think, ah, wrong guy. That's not me. No, I'm choosing you to make you blameless, clean. Adoption to sonship. Free, unmerited grace. Redemption. Forgiveness of sins. Lavished grace and the very pleasure of God. Do you see how different this starting place is. I can try and get those things by losing weight. I can try and get those things by hiding my sin in my past and dealing with my past through achieving and climbing some sort of ladder, or I could receive them. This, this whole section, Paul, is one sentence in the Greek because Paul's just going off. It's just a runaway train, praise be to God. For grace, this is where you start. And because of Jesus, it's all yours. Because of Jesus, the starting place is a blessing. And it's a wild difference to live your life working for a blessing than working from a blessing. And because of Jesus, the whole way of things gets turned backwards. The way, the normal way is, if I obey, then I'll be accepted. And Paul's saying, no, different starting point. If you are accepted in Christ, therefore you're free to obey. If I lose weight, then I will be blessed. Or if I, whatever your fill in the blank is, then I will get blessing. And Paul goes, no, different starting place, blessing. Continuing, Ephesians 2, 1. Uh, let's, Let's go to 4, verse 4. But... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance to do. So we've been giving a, a new starting place. And here's a new means, a new way. 
See, God's great grace frees me from the tyranny of self, whether that's the the tyranny of self-sufficiency, self-improvement, self-hatred. And I'm freed to be loved and accepted first, blessed as I am now, so that by grace I can become who God has made me to be. Grace is what gets me there. And by grace is a different way to live if you to contrast that versus, say, by fear, trying to attempt the change by guilt, or by YouTube tutorials, or by your chronic, with you your entire life self-loathing, or by the internal scripts you say to yourself daily about your body, or about your health, or about your soul, or by just trying harder. Maybe 2018 will be different. Look, if you're over two, it's not gonna be different. You're just gonna keep repeating the same year. You've already had one, so if you want the same year just multiple times, just keep trying harder. Or you could find a new means by grace. And then there's a new outcome. By grace, I am God's workmanship to do good works. As, as Alexia was saying, to be healthy, to be of use, to serve, to be animated and alive in the world by grace leads to a new outcome, to be fully alive. So, friends, if only, if only there was something that could remind us of how big this gospel of grace is. If only there was something where I could practice to be a recipient week after week Like if only I had a tangible reminder that the motivation for change starts with full blessing, full acceptance, and that I'm working from a blessing rather than for one. If only we, there was something we could do together. We get to come to the table at the beginning of the year, empty-handed, in need, and with the possibility of allowing grace into our place of need into the place of insufficiency, into the place of unhealth. That's what grace is for. And so we're going to have a time, an open-ended time here to respond and mostly just to receive grace for 2018. There is no better starting place than receiving blessing and receiving the means of grace. There's no better starting place. So we're going to come to the table. Uh, Kids pick up is going to be...